listening to the Bible 126 show. As I'm speaking to you right now, there are people right now who believe sincerely and honestly believe that they're going to heaven when they die. And there are those who are utterly convinced that when they die, they will go to heaven. They genuinely believe that they are Christians. They are living their lives believing that one day they will be in heaven. They have the assurance of heaven. Now, the problem here that we are facing in these days is that we're living in an age where millions of people, tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people believe and have the assurance of heaven, but yet they are wrong. Even as I am preaching right now, there are people who are listening to me right now who are convinced and yet you have no right to be convinced. You are sure, but you have no biblically accurate rights or basis for your assurance. How can I be 100% sure that I am not going to hell? The answer is simple. Be 100% sure that you are going to heaven. So today, I'm going to encourage you to do one thing and one thing only. Examine yourself. We are encouraged in the Bible to examine ourselves. 2 Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you failed the test. I cannot examine you. I cannot point the finger at you. Just like you cannot examine me. And you cannot point the finger at me. Examine yourself. Test yourself. Don't look at your wife or your husband. Your friends or your pastor. Examine yourself. Because ultimately, when you stand before the Lord God Almighty, you will be judged as an individual, you will stand there alone, not with your mother or your father or your pastor, but you will stand there as an individual. So I encourage you today, examine yourself. So firstly, for you to be 100% sure you are heading to heaven, you must have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There are some people who have accepted themselves as their Lord and Savior. And I will explain what I mean later on. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 11. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart... Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. The first and greatest assurance that you are going to heaven when you die is that you have believed and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And not that you have believed and accepted in yourself and in your legalism as your salvation. 
There is no way to be saved than through faith in Jesus Christ. There is no other way to be saved except through faith in Jesus Christ. To be saved by Jesus Christ is to know that I am not going to heaven because I deserve to go to heaven. To be saved by Jesus Christ is to know that I am not going to heaven because I have earned my way to heaven. To be saved by Jesus Christ is to know that I am going to heaven because of what he did on the cross. To be saved by Jesus Christ is to know that I am going to heaven not because I am a good person, not because I pay my tithe or my taxes. To be saved by Jesus Christ is to be saved by the grace of God. Ephesians 2.8 For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God. Not by works. So that no one can boast. You cannot boast about your salvation. You cannot brag that you are the reason you are going to heaven. Self-righteousness and the grace of God cannot work hand in hand. Self-righteousness and the grace of God cannot coexist. A self-righteous person believes that they're going to heaven because of what they do. A self-righteous person believes they're going to heaven because it is a just reward for their works. A self-righteous person believes they are going to heaven because they are a follower of the law. But Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us, that we are not saved by being followers of the Lord. For it is by grace we have been saved. Grace forgives where the law can only condemn. Grace erases a history of sin. Grace erases a history of shame. Grace changes the trajectory of your eternity. Grace allows you to drink from the streams of living water. Examine yourself. Examine your faith. Are you looking at yourself as someone who is full of self-righteousness? Who believes that they're going to heaven because they follow the law to the letter? Who has a legalistic view of their relationship with God? Are you looking at yourself as someone who looks at their life and says, I am going to heaven because I don't do this, but I do this? Or are you simply looking at yourself as a sinner who is saved by the Lord Jesus Christ and therefore your salvation is not in your own hands? But it is in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross when he said it is finished. It was truly finished. You cannot add to your salvation. It is finished. You cannot add to your salvation. It is finished. You cannot subtract to your salvation. It is finished. You cannot divide your salvation. Three words. It is finished. That is why he came. To do what no other man could do. To do what no other angel could do. To do what no other angel was worthy to do. No man, no woman was capable to do what Jesus did. Philippians 2 verse 6 to 11. Who being in the form of God 
thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself, and became obedient, even unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father, Jesus my Savior, Jesus my Redeemer, Jesus my Messiah, Jesus, my Lord, Jesus, the giver of life. All life flows from him. All life comes from him. Eternal life flows from him. He said to John, I am the living one. He said, he that believeth in me shall never die. He that believeth in me shall never see death. He that believeth in me shall never taste death. He that believeth in me shall never experience the second death which is the lake of fire take your eyes off yourself and focus on jesus he is the way the truth and the life and he is the one you should desire to see for all eternity this is what jesus died to give us the gift of salvation it is free accept it Accept it. Don't look at yourself for your salvation. Examine yourself. Are you looking at yourself for? Are you looking at yourself for your salvation, or are you looking unto Jesus for your salvation? The whole Bible is about Him. Salvation is about Him. It's all about Him. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. He died so that you can spend eternal life with him revelations 21 and i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there were no more sea and i john saw the new jerusalem coming down out of heaven coming down from god out of heaven prepared and adorned for her husband prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. The longing of every Christian that is born again is to see Him. The longing for every believer is to meet their Maker, to meet the God that they have come to know in this life. For many years, I have always thought about this question. What will be the first words I will say to God when I see Him? This is a question I have spent a lot of time thinking about 
The truth is we all know that this world was created by an intelligent designer. And we all know that you and I were also created by an intelligent designer. We are not descendants of monkeys. We are not accidents. We are not here by chance, but an intelligent designer intentionally created us. And we all know one day we will meet him. We all know one day we will meet God. But what will we say to him when we finally meet him? I believe that when we meet God, I believe the day when we see God, we will all say three words. You may be thinking the first three words we will say to him is, I love you. We do love our Lord, but I don't think that is the first three words we will say to him. I believe the first words we will say to God can be found sprinkled throughout the pages of this Bible. But let us go to the book of Revelation and enter into the throne room of heaven. In Revelation chapter 4, we enter the center of the universe. Everything, everywhere revolves around this room, throne room of heaven. On the island of Patmos, John was caught up in the spirit and he ascending into the third heaven and he behold a throne and there was one who sat on the throne the one who is from everlasting to everlasting the one who is from age to age the one who sat on the throne is the ancient of days the one who sat on the throne is everything there is he is everything that ever was and he is everything that ever will be everything started from him and it will end with him the almighty the all-powerful all-knowing god and the one who sat on the throne he was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunders, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. You and I one day will see this room but what will we say when we see him? What will we say when we see him who sits on his throne that is surrounded by four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back? I believe the first three words we will say is found in verse 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy. There you have it. You have angels innumerable crying out, Holy, holy, holy. You have angels, seraphim on one side crying out, Holy, holy, holy. And believe me, my brother, believe me, my sister, 
when you and I lay our eyes on him, we will cry out, holy, holy, holy to the God that we serve is holy. He is pure. He cannot look at sin. Talking of the holiness of God, it is not just about not being able to look at sin. It also means that there is nothing like injustice with God. God is the king over all. He is the one who created the whole universe. And with this power, he cannot be unjust. That is part of the things that make God holy. When we see God, the first thing we will be doing is proclaiming his holiness. The whole being in heaven, the four creatures that surround the throne of God, the 24 elders are always saying, holy, holy, holy to God. And make no mistake about when you and I lay our eyes on him, we will cry out, holy, holy, holy. This practice will not stop. It will be something that will be there forever and ever. God is holy. It is his trait. He is pure. In the book of Isaiah, we will also find the same word used to worship God. Isaiah 6, 2 through 3. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. This same word is used. Why is this same word used for God or the word used most of the time? The thing is that this is not the only word used to worship God, but this is always the first word used when they want to worship God. It is the word that ushers in the other words, declaring the other traits of God. In Revelation 4:11, after the four creatures shouted, Holy, 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 the 24 elders said another thing. They said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. When God was talking about himself in the book of Isaiah, he said there is no one like him. Isaiah 46.9 KJV, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Holiness is the number one trait of God that is noticed many times. It is the most mentioned trait of God in the Bible. We see it in many verses when they call God holy. Not that there are no other traits or attributes of God mentioned, but holiness is the most mentioned. This holiness is also the only trait that we humans seem to find hard to follow as an emulate. God is love. 
we can show love a lot easier than holiness. God is kind. We can display the attitude of kindness. God is powerful. We can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The other traits of God are readily available or easy for us to emulate, but holiness is what we find hard to live by. If we go through the scriptures, we will also see that holiness is the only trait of God that is repeated three times consecutively in the Bible, and it happened in two places. The other traits are not repeated like this. There is something special about the holiness of God. This should tell us that God is unique. The holiness of God was proclaimed right in front of Isaiah. It means that the holiness of God remains even in eternity. The holiness of God is the glory of God. It is the power of God. It is what makes him just. It is the righteousness of God. The holiness of God is telling of the uniqueness of God. The holiness of God shouldn't be what we should wait until we meet him to proclaim. It is what we should start proclaiming from this point. What Isaiah saw is the throne of the Lord, and he remained seated on the throne. Even though the whole of Judah should be mourning the king, it is supposed to be a dark time for them in that city, but God remained on his throne. That is the holiness of God. Nothing can change him. Nothing can move him. God will forever be holy. The four creatures mentioned this of him. They said, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. This means that he doesn't change and he remains. The holiness of God will be our salvation. It will be our watchword. It will be our praise and worship to him. And we as his children are also encouraged to be holy, for he is holy.